It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic, alongside Joey Medora. We got you up until 7 o'clock today on the 13th day of November. 6.06 on the clock and 50 degrees and clear outside here in southeast Ohio. Joey, how are you? Me? Wow, you never asked me before the show. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I I figured I'd ask you how you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, Friday, you know. Has been a pretty long week, Connor. How about you? I feel like it's been a uh, slow week this week. It's been a little bit, but it's also been an exciting week and a little bit of a historic week as we welcome on to the program Alexander's boys soccer coach, Coach Crow. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Doing well, Coach. So, Coach, I guess Thank i got to start off by asking here, uh, ha- have you shaved the beard? I mean, has it been that time now? <laughs> I literally just read the uh, article when I got home from school today, and uh, that was pretty funny. I have not shaved it yet. My wife pretty much said I have to get a haircut and shave the beard at the same time, or I'm going to look too weird. So, And my daughter's afraid that I'm going to look like a stranger to her because she's only known me with a beard. Well, are you talking about like a full you know, shave of the head, or are you going all bald, or are you just uh, you know, oh, a little no. bit of a trim? No, just a little bit of a trim. It's kind of gotten pretty shaggy. You don't want to. You don't want to get a haircut when you're kind of on a run that we kind of went on. So, right, I hear superstitious you. with that kind of stuff. And coach, it really was a historic run. You know, the best year in the 37-year you know history of Alexander Boys Soccer. Um, you know, you, you grew up with Alexander Soccer, and to be able to coach this team all the way to the state final four, what does that mean to you? You know, I mean, I uh, you know started out playing you know soccer here when I was a little kid. And, uh, grew up watching the high school team and Jerry Royce, who was just you know a hero to me, and uh, and then got the chance to play for the high school team under Tom Falber, and thought it would be a dream to be able to come back one day and coach, and uh, it, it has been amazing, and uh, you know we've always won some district championships, and I, and I felt like we are good enough, and and we've done a lot with this program that we just we got to take it to the next step, and uh, you know over the last five years we've had kids working harder than you can ever imagine, and going to camps all over the state and and uh this year we were able to just put it all together and it's been a weird year but it's been a magical kind of season for us coach when you have a team as as talented and as you know deep in the senior class as you guys had this year do you know before the the season starts that you're that you're capable of going on a run like this or is it just something that the momentum just keeps on building and building and you realize wow we have a real shot at this thing i mean last year we're coming off a season where we won 15 games Mm -hmm. um which is a really successful season and we just ran into a really exceptional Marietta team um, last year. And so, you know, as the pandemic was going on and it looked like the fall sports season could be in jeopardy, you know, I kept telling my wife, I said, this can't happen. We have a really special team this year with a lot of special young men and, and great leadership coming back. And so I, I thought it could be, I thought it could be a special year. Um, and, and maybe earlier than I ever bring it up, we started talking about, you know, making a run into the regionals. And, and once you get up there, you never know what can happen. And uh, when we got the green light uh, that we were going to have a season, you know, our normal goal of definitely a district championship started to become more of a goal of can we make it to the final four? And, uh, and we did. And it was just an amazing ride. And it's even more impressive, Coach, because, you know, you guys did this 
uh, in, in Division Two, right? And Alexander, uh, you know, is, is not a quote unquote large school, uh, but you were going against schools that you know had higher enrollment. Uh, than, than Alexander does, and just to be able to accomplish something like that against schools that can pull from a lot more you know, kids it is definitely something to, to hold high. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we been used to kind of playing bigger schools. I mean, we play Logan every year, Marietta, Warren, Athens, Jackson. Um, and so, you know, we've kind of been used to that for a while, but, you know, recently we've been trying to, to go find, a, a, you know, to play other teams. In 2017, we went to you know, a shootout at Wilmington College and played three Division One Cincinnati schools just to start proving to our players that we, you know, we can compete, you know, at a high level all around the state. And and, and so I, I think that started to take, you know, hold in, in the mindset of our players. And and I, you know, even when we were playing Tippecanoe and they won all those games in a row, I never saw, you know, one one player on our team be ready to back down. You know, they wanted to compete and they wanted to go show them what we can do from this part of the state. Coach, when you when you play in a, in a regional final like you did, you know you give up an equalizer late, but you come right back in overtime, score, and you're able to hold on to win it. What, what's it like being a part of a, of a game like that? It, uh, you know, on that biggest stage, that tight of a game. You know, just I imagine the emotions uh, afterwards uh, after a fantastic game like that are riding really high. Uh, it was insane. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I would have liked to have won it in regulation. Of course, right. <laughs> that would have probably saved some more gray hair and everything else, but. Um, you know, I've told these guys pretty much all year and at halftime and, and after games, but they're just different. You know, there's been teams that we've had that have been really good, and we sometimes we found ourselves in a hole and we just couldn't climb all the way back out. And and this year at times, through the tournament even, we kind of put ourselves in, in a little bit of a hole, and you, you just never saw any, any fear or any doubt that they were going to find some way to come back and get that victory. And so... Normally, you know, with about a minute and 40 seconds left in the game and they tie it up, you kind of worry does the other team have all the momentum. But uh, there was not a single guy in our huddle. And they were tired, but none of them looked like that we weren't going to lose the, or, you know, we're going to win this game. And, and Joe Trogdon, who scored that goal, even said, Coach, we're going to win this game. And, you know, he went out and he got that goal. And then uh, it was just like we're running around and, and everybody's making noises and you've never seen kids so happy. It was, it was an unbelievable experience. Coach, talk about this senior class and, and all that they have accomplished because, you know, it, it's you know, winning the 15 games last year, winning your 18 games this year. I mean, this, this has to be you know, one of the better you know, upper-class classes that, that you've had. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to keep a lot of, you know, Alexander history near and dear to me. And, and uh, so, I mean, they're the winningest class in, in Alexander history, and that's 37 years, which is pretty impressive, and they have – uh, 58 victories over four years. And, you know, uh, some of them that were playing varsity as freshmen, they were part of a 17-win team season. And and so, um, you know, just to watch them work every year over that four years and uh, just come together as a group of seniors that were just incredible leaders um, was something special. And, you know, 58 wins. Uh, they've also played in the district championship all four years of their high school careers, winning three of them and playing in two regional finals and winning one of them is pretty incredible. And coach, you know, one of the, uh, the kids that, you know, some of our listeners might remember from last season is uh, a sophomore in Kyler D'Agostino. Um, you know, we, we have you know, Alexander basketball games on the airwaves, uh, you know, quite often during the, uh, the winter seasons, but uh, you know, he's quite the athlete, isn't he? Uh, he's, he's quite the athlete. You are correct. Um, <laughs> 27 goals this year, um, you know, was our team leader in goals. And he's just, 
you know, what he can do in the air, how fast he is on the ground, how strong he is, is, is incredible. Um, you know, even in the last game against Tip City, they had a, a you know, very large kid in the middle of the field, and he, he bumped into Kyler, and Kyler was the one standing. You know, he's just a physical, you know, physical beast out there, and um, he's a unique weapon to have on the soccer field because he still plays soccer kind of like he does basketball. And uh, we find ways to use him with, uh, on corner kicks and, and throw-ins and everything else. And so when you have an athlete like that, you, you find ways to utilize him. Even in a situation, where, Coach, where you lose a Final Four game, how big is that for your program to get there, to see the best of the best, and realize what it takes to get to that point and move on to perhaps a state championship game? I mean, we, uh, you know, we've always tried to create this model of just you know, working real hard in the offseason and, and, and normal years. You know, we're hitting the weight room, and, and I don't think a lot of teams, a lot of people, you know, think soccer teams hit the weight room. I mean, we, we hit the weight room hard in the offseason usually, and we do a lot of agility training that's specific to the to the game itself. And, um, you know, we've gone to camps all over the state, and we've, we've gone to camps in Pennsylvania and Kentucky and everywhere else. And, um, you know, you, you seek out the best opponents you can find because if you're going to build a program up and, and go do special things, you got to challenge them. And so that's kind of what I've tried to do since day one is just keep challenging them every day to work hard in the off season, to work hard during the season, and and let's go seek out competition and let's not back down from them. And uh, that's what I, I think this year I've seen that greater than ever with the desire for these guys to continue. And I hope that younger you know kids in the area who maybe have streamed the games and and stuff like that, we've ran little soccer camps over the years and. Hopefully they can, you know, kind of find some inspiration by what these guys accomplished this year and want to become, you know, part of something special in our program. And coach, now since you know the, the season has ended, uh, you know, what what is next for this team, right? Because you know, obviously you graduate thirteen seniors, uh, but you still have a lot of success, a lot of you know great athletes on on, on your team. So what what happens heading into this uncertain off season when we still have to deal with? you know, COVID-19 protocols and staying safe and staying healthy? Yeah, first we're going to hopefully hand out some pretty awesome individual awards. Um, hopefully we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow, I think, because um, we've got some guys should should get some pretty special awards. And um, so we're going to, you know, keep enjoying the moment uh, for a little bit longer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you lose 13 seniors and 13 seniors who have accomplished so much, um, you know, I think you probably think rebuild a lot of times sports and but you know what we've done is just try our best to to play you know a lot of guys in every game that way you know for up five goals it's time to get the younger players in so they can start developing and building confidence to be playing at the varsity level and you know we start you know Ethan a kid named Ethan Neidhart is a sophomore and you know talk about heart hustle and effort and physicality you know he's going to be back as a junior and Parker Bolin and, and Jay Servan were really talented juniors this year and of course Kyler is a sophomore and then, um, you know, several other sophomores and freshmen were dressing varsity and playing varsity minutes. So I think we've done a good job kind of getting those younger guys ready. And I'll think, I think they'll be excited to kind of take, take the reins of what was, was created this year. Um, and they, they know the work ethic that's expected, and, and we'll get back to it. Um, you know, we'll see what the state allows us to do going forward. And, you know, a lot of our guys <laughs> sent me videos over the pandemic of, like, drills they were doing and how many touches on the ball they were getting every day or how long of a run they went so i can trust these guys that they'll work on their own because they want to be something special and, and not just you know let this go one year we want to keep keep doing this kind of stuff right and coach you know talking about the pandemic 
obviously you made this year like no other. Does it make it that much more gratifying that with everything else you had to worry about as a coach, making sure guys were staying healthy, making sure you could you know, even have enough guys to field a team at time in case an outbreak or something like that happened? Does it make it that much more special that this was the year this team was able to get it done? It was. I mean, from the beginning, as soon as we got the green light that we were going to have a season, it, the message was don't take any, any single game for granted because it could be open, or, you know, over at any time. And so I think each victory in, in each day of practice, um, you know, we were just grateful for that. And uh, as the season kept building and the winds kept piling up, it was just like, all right, we've got to make sure that, you know, we're doing the right things. That way we can keep this season rolling. And I know the parents, they have been amazingly supportive through all of this. I have the greatest parents in the world um, with our team, and, um, and they were just enjoying it as well. And I think it was helping them you know, with the day-to-day grind of the pandemic. And um, so I just, uh, you know, yeah, it was crazy. You know, there was a lot of extra worries going into every day. Um, but, man, it was worth it. And, and I hope we brought a little joy to, to some people in, in our area. Well, Coach, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to call into the program. And, uh, you know, of course, a, a big congratulations to you reaching it this far. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing what you guys can do next year. And hopefully we get you on the sports fan, you know, at the beginning of the season uh, as you guys build up and get ready for next year. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime, just let me know, and I'll call in, and we can talk a little soccer. Sounds good, Coach. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Again, that was Coach Kirk Crow, the uh, head boys soccer coach over at Alexander. And, again, they made it over to the state Final Four. They did fall to uh, Tippecanoe 4-1, to but... 18-2-1 on the season for Coach, Crew, uh, Coach Crow's team and just a, a phenomenal year from Alexander. And, and uh, again, a congratulations out to uh, Albany and, and uh, the Spartans. As, you know, it's a pretty pretty special year when you're able to make it out this far. Yeah, uh, I think it was the first time that we were told that uh, any kind of Alexander boys team had made it to a Final Four in any sport. So that's historic. I mean, as Coach has said, most winningest class in history of uh, Alexander boys soccer. Uh, this Really incredible what they accomplished. Sometimes the small schools down here don't uh, quite get the uh, the notoriety as uh, some of the other big city schools that they end up playing. But uh, this Alexander team, they really did it. Um, they played some competition they're not used to seeing throughout the playoffs, and they were able to make a run. And, you know, obviously not the ending you want, but it uh, it is something to definitely build off of moving forward. And yeah, two division titles, one regional title, and, uh, you know, making it out here for the first that they have. And, yeah, as far in their uh, 37-year history as, as they've gone. But a uh, pretty special accomplishment, and always appreciate Coach calling in. And, uh, you know, again, we we got to get him on the, the sports fan, you know, hopefully in August or in September before the uh, before the season starts, give us a little bit of a preview of, of how his guys are going. And, of course, we'll hear all about Kyler Diagostino. I mean, you got to study up on this kid here, Joey, because... I watched uh, him last year. Play. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you were here last year. Yeah. You weren't here, you know, physically, but you were here... Uh, you know, covering Southeast Ohio teams, so that was. That's uh, easily one of the uh, one of the best freshmen I I saw play last year by far. Yep, and uh, like Coach said, you know, very uh, very athletic, you know, multi-sport star, and uh, uh, looking forward to seeing him, and, and looking forward to, to hearing about the Alexander Boys soccer team as they come up next year. We'll take a short break, Carol, the sports fan. Don't go anywhere. This is 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mm-hmm. 
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-281-4224. 800-281-4224. That's 800-281-4224. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. That's a sports fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. That was a Mike Long with Joe Medor. And, of course, up until 7 o'clock today, we got Coach uh, Kirk Crow on the program. It was good to hear from him. And, you know, once again, a congratulations to everybody who was a part of that soccer program. It took a lot of people to, uh, to make that season happen. You can so finally special. shave the playoff beard. Well, I mean, that, that beard has been going for, I think, quite a while they now. They don't work. Huh? I've tried it before. They don't work. Well, I mean, when you're superstitious, I remember... <laughs> I, I get the whole thing. A lot of people do it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this quick little thing here. Back when the Jets were good, right, 2010, 2009, whenever, uh, when they were making their postseason run, I had a spot right in the house where I'd just stand there and I'd have, you know, like a cup of water or something and I'd just you'd be watching the game because that's whenever they, in the they same had like spot. a touchdown. In the same spot. Yeah. Now, it made no sense, but it was just like, you know, in baseball you don't touch the line. Right, uh, but sure. listen, you have sure. your own superstitions. I'm just saying the playoff beard that that one's a farce. Are you sure though? I mean, it could have been. I'm, I'm positive. Uh, my spot was a farce because I've uh, tried it. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen you with a beard. I didn't say it came in good. I just said I didn't <laughs> shave for a few de- for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, you could grow facial hair, maybe. I have some stubble right now. Yeah, you know, oh, you can't see it from all the way over there. No, I, I need, like, a magnifying glass or some binoculars here. Well, I mean, let's not act like you're just growing it left and right here. It takes you about a month to get well, it does. any kind of... And that's why having a beard is so impressive, because I can't, I can't grow one. And, uh, you know, obviously you can't either, I guess. Um, but, you know, uh, I said binoculars, and, you know, um, 
Heath always would bring them to the football games, and of course, I'm sure he'll bring them to the uh, the game tomorrow. Power 105 will have the Fort Fry and Springfield game. Uh, that is the you know Division Six State Final Four. Uh, that's between Region 23 and Region 21. Uh, 23 producing Fort Fry and 21 uh, with uh, Springfields. So that should be a good game. Looking forward to going out and calling that game with him. Uh, our pregame will start with Brad Walker at 6:30. And then kickoff is at 7 o'clock for that. Uh, another big game that's coming up, and thankfully this game has not been canceled. I haven't heard of a whole lot of NFL games uh, being postponed this week. However, the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers go at it starting at 425. Uh, of course, you can hear that game right here on 970 WATH. Uh, but that that's a... I think a big game for Cincinnati coming out of the bye. Obviously, it's every game right now is a big game for the Steelers because when you're undefeated to this point, you know, there's a little bit of added pressure to uh, to continue on this season and, and try to make it perfect. You know, the last team who tried to make it perfect was the Patriots, and Patriots ran into the Giants in the in the uh, Super Bowl. But you know, we got to get to that point first before anybody says anything about that. Um, I. But the Steelers are a pretty good team this year. I will wear a Steelers jersey to this station for a week if they go 16-0. and Where are you going to get a Steelers jersey? I'm going to ask someone. I'll probably just throw up the whole week. But <laughs> anyway, that's not going to happen. You don't think so? No, man. They, they should have lost it. They, uh, listen, all this stuff, no matter whether you want to believe it or not, when you win every single close game, it balances out at some point. <laughs> At some point, the ball is not going to roll your way. You're not going to get the pass interference. You're going to give up the touchdown that you had in all season. It's going to happen. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen this week. It's a tall task for, for Cincinnati. It's a good Steelers team. Uh, they, looked, they struggled last week against Dallas, uh, and it took uh, you know scoring 15 unanswered there in the fourth quarter to come back and win that one. Ben had to throw the ball 42 times. Uh, obviously, they couldn't really get the run game going, only 2.6 yards per carry. They got a lot of weapons on offense. Use a lot of receivers. They got Smith Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Eric Ebron's been good for them this year. They use James Washington. They got that uh, that short little McLeod guy who they like to use in a return game. They have a lot of weapons, and uh, I think you're going to see them try to spread the Bengals out and and uh, you know make some things happen. But if you look at the Steelers' offense this year, it hasn't been all too impressive. They're 25th in the NFL overall in yards per game, 22nd in passing, 19th in rushing. Right, um, but the Bengals can continue to be opportunistic on defense like they were in that Titans game. They were early on in the Colts game when they got to the big league. If they can make the plays happen when they come to them, then they're going to hang around and win this game. I mean, while the Steelers have won the last 10, you know, divisional games, they're always they're always tough. And this, this Bengals offense has really been clicking here these past few weeks. I mean, Joe has been able to sit in the pocket. He's had a little bit more time. Uh, Russ mentioned to us on Wednesday, it's been big having Giovanni Bernard in the backfield to... Uh, kind of pass block on passing situations. He helps that game out a lot. Um, we know they need all the help they can get with uh, with their pass protection. Um, I just worry it's going to be another one of those games where Pittsburgh's going to be able to bring the house and, uh, you know, no one on Cincinnati's going to be able to pick up their guys and it could cause troubles for this offense. But, you know, the Steelers secondary has not been great this season. So if Joe can get some time back there and sit back there and dice up a little bit, they, they could make this thing interesting. Well, you said the key word right there, which is time, right? If he has time, he can get the ball out quick. Uh, but the Steelers also bring one of the best pass rushes you know, in the NFL this year. So even though you might say, yeah, the secondary might be a little bit weak, you know, I don't 
have, like we talked about yesterday, I don't have confidence in this offensive line to be able to protect Joe for a, a decent amount of time and you know, allow him to go and, and get the ball off. Um, you know, I the the offensive line has looked better. You know, they were able to piece some people together, and uh, obviously, you know, it is a boost when Giovanni Bernard is going to go out there and also pass block as a running back. You know, however, you know, you got uh, T.J. Watt, who's going to be coming at you, and, and a slew of other guys that, that Pittsburgh can just really go out there and, uh, all right, we're going to go with a, a four-man rush, and they could still probably get through. Yeah. You know, they don't even have to go with the, any blitz package. It's just, you know, our four guys are better than your four guys, and then, you know, Steelers have been broken through offensive lines all year long, and those are you know, some good offensive lines. Uh, so when it comes to the, the Bengals, who are you know, still trying to search for a way to you know, give their franchise quarterback a little bit more protection, they have been better over the past couple weeks, but Joe's still been sacked the most in the NFL. You know, it, it's, he's still you know, under pressure more often than he's not. And when against the Titans, when they didn't bring that big pass rush, you're able to beat a good team like them. Now, the Titans, you know, last night did not look like a good team. You know, they, not uh, in the second half. No, not in that second half, no. So there, there could be some concerns with the Titans moving forward. But, yeah, it, listen, you can't take off any win. At the time, the Titans were a, a very good team, and uh, Cincinnati was able to beat them. However, you know, it's you – know, let, let's see what Cincinnati does this Sunday because if they are able to make this a game, then I think they are taking steps forward, and I think they have a plan for the future. If it is a game like it's with the Ravens earlier on this year where the Ravens just mopped the whole field with them, then no. I mean, it, it, there's going to be a lot of a lot of ways still to go. And I'm not talking about, you know, the offensive skill, skill players, right? Because – T. Higgins already getting, you know, rookie of the year votes. I think Joe's a favorite. But you take a look at the, the rookies this year, and you got two Cincinnati Bengals who are uh, are outperforming the rest of the, the league's rookies. But you have the skill uh, position. You just need offensive line and revamp the defense. But if there's a, a, a wide margin of victory for the Steelers, you might have to reevaluate yourself, especially coming out of this bye week. Yeah, I mean, they uh, had some time to get rested up here. They went in with a lot of momentum, as you mentioned, good win over a good Tennessee team. Uh, but it's a different animal. They're not 8-0 by mistake. You know, I, I can sit up here and say I don't think they'll go 16-0 all I want, but they're a good team. Um, they have a really good defense, one of the best in the league. It's uh, it's a weird Steelers team this year because they don't feel like they're 8-0. They're if you watch them play, you're like, really, these guys? I mean, but they, they pull it out in the end. They play really well in fourth quarters this year. That's uh, kind of been their thing. Um, so it's, it's interesting because this defense is, I have a feeling it's just going to get after it on Burrow and, uh, you know, they're going to have to really try to establish some kind of running game, I think, to have any kind of success. Mixon, questionable. We don't know if he'll be back. You got Giovanni Bernard. They've been using some AJP Ryan a lot. Um, but it's, you can't be one dimensional against this Pittsburgh team. If you're going to try to sit back and let Joe throw the ball 50 times, it's going to be, it's going to be a long day because uh, you're going to have to sustain long drives, keep your defense fresh and off the field, and uh, don't let Roethlisberger on the field and start to get in a rhythm out there and just get him uncomfortable. I mean, Roethlisberger, you know, every other week he has some new injury he's complaining about. He's got two bad knees, and, I mean, he's just, you know, it's, uh, 
He's off the co-reserve list. We know he's playing. All right, so was that today that he got off? Because I think yesterday he was still listed as questionable, but t- today he's uh, he's off that list? To my knowledge. Well, that's good then. Well, good for the Steelers. I don't know how much for, uh, for Cincinnati. Uh, I think I saw that line was posted at six and a half. Seven, currently. It's seven right now. All right, so it moved 0.5, um, which isn't terrible. You know, what, what was the line for Ohio, like negative uh, for uh, Ohio and Akron this week, 22? Well, NFL and college is a little different when it comes to yeah. betting lines. Sure, and, and I get that. But you, it's a top team undefeated against a 2-5 and five team. I thought they might be a little bit of a wider margin, but. Yeah, I would assume people are going to probably hammer the Steelers there because, I mean, uh, it's hard to see Cincinnati keeping this a one-score game. It really is. Um, they just, they're outmatched. That's just what it comes down to. It's all about matchups, and when you look across the board, it looks like this Pittsburgh D-line should tear up the Bengals' O-line. I don't think the, the Bengals are going to get any pass rush against a really good Steelers offensive line. Steelers have the better, you know, receiving matchup when it comes to the secondary. Uh, Steelers have guys. You know, Joe Hayden's playing well. Steven Nelson's had a decent season. Micah Fitzpatrick's starting to come into his own once again on the back end. Uh, they just have a lot of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, and I think it's going to make it really tough for Cincinnati to score points. And we saw the last time when they played a really, really top-tier defense, they struggled mightily against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they had some success against the Colts early on, but the, a lot of that had to do with good field position. I'm just talking about good defense they played, but they had great field position right. early on, was able to capitalize. Uh, Darius Leonard was banged up for that game, who's uh, by far and away the Colts' best defensive player. Um so I just don't know if you're going to be able to see them muster up the offense it's going to take to, you know, kind of come up in this game. And I'm not sure their defense is good enough to be able to hold Pittsburgh down to where they can keep it a close game. I mean, looking at the defense, T.J. Watt, seven sacks already this season. Uh, Bud Dupree with six sacks and also Stephen uh, Tewitt with six sacks. Uh, Stefan. Stefan. Stefan Tewitt. That's right. I, I thought I'd, I had another letter into his name. My bad. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, seven, six, and six sacks so far. I mean, this whole defense uh, in its entirety already has 32. Um, and, of course, with T.J. Watt and uh, and Tewitt, you know, 13 and a half tackles for loss, nine tackles for loss. You know, this is a, a defense that is going to get through, but you need to figure out a way. And you've had a week to game plan for them. You know, it's not like you have only a week. You had basically two weeks to get ready for this team. And let's see what the coaching staff comes up with. Let's see how close that Zach Taylor can keep this. Because, again, if he can keep this relatively a close game, yeah, I, I think that you might have your coach, you might have, you know, your your skilled position players and, and Joe and, and T. Higgins and obviously already locked up Mixon. But you know, if it's a close game, that's a very good sign for Cincinnati. And if it's not, then the, the question marks start coming back. You know, oh, they're still there. <laughs> they, and they're there. But they're going to be there, and they're going to be bigger than um, than what they should be at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, you got to look historically as well, you know, not to take anything away from Tom when he's been a great coach, never had a losing season in 14 years. Um, yeah, obviously you can't you can't dispute that. But historically they've played down to competition. They've lost some games late in season that they shouldn't have and, you know, what have you. And if you look across the board, they beat the Giants by 10, they beat the Broncos by 5, beat the Texans by 7. These are not good football teams. Beat the Eagles by 9, almost let them come back into that game. 
and they just beat the Cowboys by five last week. So Pittsburgh has been pretty known for letting teams hang around. Uh, you know, we'll see if it's different with this being a divisional matchup. Uh, it'd be a huge win for them. I mean, if they can get to 9-0, and the, the rest of their schedule is looking very favorable. I mean, outside they play the Ravens one more time, the Browns one more time, and the Colts. I mean, we saw what happened round one with the Browns. I mean, that wasn't really <laughs> too much of a ball game there. Uh, obviously, they won a close game in Baltimore. Uh, but if they win this game and they can beat the Ravens, sweep the Ravens, they pretty much have that division on lock. Um, so we'll see. See what happens. It's a big game. I mean, Pittsburgh has a lot to play for. Unfortunately, they got the, the tough uh, tough task of they got another really, really good team right on their heels in their division. So they can't really slack off because if Pittsburgh loses three or four games here down the stretch, I think Baltimore would have the ability to overtake them and win the division. So Pittsburgh can't let off the gas. But as we saw last week and throughout the season, they, they do play down to their competition for sure. I mean, you would think an 8-0 team has beaten the, the – who, who, who the heck was playing quarterback for Dallas last week? Cooper uh, Rush? No, it was uh, Garrett Gilbert. 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 Yep. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was Gilbert. This, the, an undefeated team doesn't beat that team by five, but they did. Um, so they, did. they they have they let teams hang around. That's kind of been their mo with with Tom Winnett at head coach. They've never been the team to step on someone's neck and uh, finish teams off. So if we can get to the fourth quarter here and give Joe a puncher's chance, then maybe we uh, we can see some magic happen. And yeah, at the end of the day, a win's a win. You know, if you win by five or if you win by fifty. You know, it's it's still an undefeated record. They just figure out ways to win games. Now, absolutely, like, but as I said at the beginning yeah. of this, that stuff balances out at one point or another. It does. And at some point, you're going to run into a team where they're not going to make the mistakes that let you come back and etch out a five-point victory. So, And we've seen this Bengals offense. When it's at its best, they can throw some points up on the board. Is that two-minute drill that, that the Bengals use? I mean, it's almost like they score every single time. They move the ball pretty well. It's a high tempo offense, and you know Joe hits his uh, hits his guys. So it's again under two minutes. That game is close. I got confidence in Cincinnati to go out there and get a score on the board to either send it into overtime like they did against the the Eagles, or you know a uh, a game earlier on where it was the uh, Chargers, and it, it was a I thought it was a bad call, but you know Cincinnati had a chance to go down there drive down the field, and, and win that ball game. So let's see what they can do. If it's close, like you said, can't sleep on the uh, can't sleep on Cincinnati. But if it's not close, bigger questions, long longer-term effects, I think. But it's just a week. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Because um, they still do have, right, Washington, uh, the Washington football team, the you Giants. Zach Taylor's dudes will win a, uh, a road game. At some point. That's yeah. what he, <laughs> I mean. Because it's at the Steelers. If you don't get your first road win, let's say, all right, Steelers, very tall task, right? If you don't get it against this week, you got to beat the Washington football team on the 22nd. That's a road game. If Washington wins at home against Cincinnati, I think that would be more of an upset than if the Steelers win this. It would be. <laughs> it would be upsetting for Cincinnati fans if Washington beats them in another week. Steelers, not so much. I mean, this is it's grown accustomed to, to the Steelers winning. Ten straight. Ten straight. And, you, I mean, usually a, even a bat, you know, the Jets can beat the Pats every now and then. Ten straight losses to a team in their division. That's tough. When was the last time the Jets beat the Pats? Hasn't been in Gase's career, right? Adam Gase didn't beat the, uh, 
beat the Pats. It, it's You're getting, the Jets fan, man. No one else cares. You should be the one able to tell me. Well, it's, it, it's getting to that point, I think, because I can't even remember in recent memory when was the last time. I have to go back to Rex Ryan. I know they've won re more recent than that, uh, but that, that's how bad it's been. It's getting to that level, but you know, if Cincinnati wins this week, it doesn't matter. You know, then then they, uh, they put that worry to rest. But we'll take another short break on the other side. Brown's back in action. They got Nick Chubb back, which will be beneficial for the running game and uh, more football talk as we get ready and prepare for the weekend. As this is the Sports Fan of 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. We espouse a home-based model because uh, really it allows us to get to know the client and the situations that they live in and their family dynamics much better. Our mission is about bringing the best to the table and helping people to find what their best is. Integrated will walk beside that individual and that family to provide stability and safety. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? Being a member of the Air Force Reserve. It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. To find out about local job opportunities with the Air Force Reserve at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base or Youngstown Air Reserve Station, call 800-257-1212 or go to AFreserve.com. Sponsored by the Air Force Reserve and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it. Bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at j and K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Sports fan on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Bill's the mic along with Joe Medora, and again, up until 7 o'clock on this 13th day of November. It was a, what well, Sky Hope call it earlier today? Did you see or hear what you called it here, Joey? Freaky no. Friday or something? Uh, it, what is it? Every time that it's uh, the 13th, it's Halloween themed, I guess, right? Freaky Friday, bad luck, whatever they got with that. I don't know. You ever seen the movie Friday the 13th? I have not. Is that where that comes from? All right, let's move on. Well, no, is that where that comes from? I'd never heard of it. I've heard of the movie. I just never... Uh... Yes, yes. That's okay, right. that, that's where it's come from. All right. So there we go. We got one mystery solved. The oh, other yeah. one... You are older than I am. Yeah? You should have more knowledge of things than you do. All right, about movies? About anything. I mean, I feel like, I feel like my knowledge is far outweighs yours in, in pop culture. Uh, well, pop culture, maybe, sure. 
Yeah. You're right. You can get me a 1960s Mets players. You're right. You got me there. Well, it, it all depends on the topic. Hey, you want to go Mets? Sure. I think I know more about the Mets, but you probably know more about the Orioles. And then we equally know stuff about the uh, the Browns and the uh, uh, Bengals yeah. as their their seasons go along. But uh, with the Browns, they uh, you know, it, it's been a while since they've seen themselves with a five and three record. They also were in a bye week. Uh, quarterback Baker Mayfield, I believe, is all ready to go for you know this game coming up against the Texans. Uh, Mayfield, 1,514 yards uh, through the air, and you know again he quarantined a little bit this week. They just reopened their facility after they had the uh, the tracing complete because they were dealing with a little bit of COVID issues. But uh, they go against the Texans team on Sunday at one o'clock. The Texans with Deshaun Watson is always a tough game. Yeah. Uh, the Texans are, I'm not going to say that they're a good team, but without Deshaun Watson, they would be a horrible team. Uh, but Sean, Deshaun Watson is definitely, uh, um, he's a threat, and you gotta you got to pay attention to him. This one's a trap game for sure, I feel like, for Cleveland, because you're 5-3, and three, you're riding high, you got to play all, well, actually, I don't think they are in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they would have a playoff spot if they were today. A lot of 5-3 and three teams kind of mixed in. The AFC there, yeah, right now they're on the outside looking in uh, behind the Raiders because you couldn't beat them. You couldn't beat, as Brad Walker said, they couldn't beat a freaking team <laughs> from Vegas that plays in a dome in a snowstorm. I can tell that you're as passionate about that as Brad was. No, I don't, I don't you know. <laughs> I just think it's comical. I mean, how? Yeah. How do you get outrun by, you know, this? the, the, the whole thing about the Browns this year is, oh, we, we can run the football. We got studs in the backfield. And they got outran by the Raiders. Anyway, uh, so that's why they're on the outside looking in right now. But this is not going to be an easy matchup here because, as you mentioned, Deshaun Watson has the ability to keep them, you know, the, they have this banged-up secondary in Cleveland. And uh, Deshaun Watson, very quietly, because the, <laughs> the rest of the team around him is so bad, is having – a really good season. He's got 2,300 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, they got a couple guys in the backfield, both the Johnsons, Duke and David, that are, you know, they've they've made their contributions at times this year. And we, we've seen this Browns off uh, defense struggle at times uh, this season for sure, especially against uh, a good passing attack. I mean, you know, the last time we saw him on the field, the defense looked a little bit better, 16-6 to win over the Raiders, but, again, they couldn't get off the field when it came to running the football. And, you know, they've given up a lot of points this year. Uh, they gave up 38 to the Ravens, 30 to the Bengals twice. Uh, they gave 20 to the football team, 38 points at Dallas, 23 to the Colts. Uh, so I have a feeling Deshaun Watts is going to pull some magic in this game and keep, keep the Texans around. Now, Mayfield being able to play, that's huge. That helps a lot, uh, you know. As questionable as Mayfield can be at times, Case Keenum is not the not the answer uh, to solve the problems. Uh, I haven't seen exactly if Chubb is going to go or not this weekend, and even if he does, you'd have to imagine it's going to be a, a limited role and that the bulk of the carries are still going to go to Kareem Hunt. But obviously getting Nick Chubb, one of the best backs in football, back is going to be big. Uh, we saw how that running game was humming when they had Chubb in there and being able to use Hunt with him as well. So, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see Kevin Stefanski coming off his first bye week if they're going to come out ready to play or you know come out in regular Browns fashion and look flat and you know maybe lose a game you shouldn't because on paper I mean this Browns team is more talented than the Houston Texans but with a guy like Deshaun Watson playing at the level he is I know they're two and six but he has the ability to keep them in any game. Yeah, and 
listen, that's the kind of quarterback that he is. You know, Deshaun Watson is a very talented quarterback, and why the Texans blew up all the talent around him, I will never know why. Like I, I and they they fired their coach. They are a team and an organization that's in disarray. The Browns have to take advantage of that. You know, the the Browns really have to, you know, go out and and do what they can, uh, because if they, you know, lose here to, uh, you know, to to the Texans right now, that's that's obviously not a good look. You know, the Texans are at two and six; they're third in the AFC South. Right. They get a win. The Browns now you're looking at six and three. You know, now you have a chance to you know stay in that playoff hunt. Uh, you know, they're on the bubble right now. They're the eight. Yeah. And the Raiders a, are right above them, and the Texans are right above them. They have a key tiebreaker over, over the Colts right now. Now, of course, the Colts are leading their division, but that could change because they play the Titans again here in a couple weeks. And you just got to look down the stretch here. If you win this game, you go on to play the Eagles at home. That's a winnable game. Jaguars, that winnable game. Titans, that's going to be tough. Play the Ravens again. But then they close out. They got both the New York teams in the, in the Jets and Giants. And down the stretch here, the Browns have a lot of winnable games. And, I mean... Sitting at five and three, I'd say you're shaping up for ten and six, eleven and five if you play a really good game against either Pittsburgh or Baltimore at home. But uh, they have an opportunity here. This is the first time in a while the Browns have controlled any kind of destiny they have at winning a postseason. So if you're gonna, you got to start off the bye week, get back to running the football as effectively as they were earlier this season. That's the bread and butter. It sets up the play action pass for Mayfield and. He's limited, I will say. Mayfield is a limited quarterback. He's kind of proven it this year. But he does have enough to where if they have a good enough run game, the defense doesn't give up 100 points, that they can go out and win a football game with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Right, and you saw how, what Baker is capable of doing. I mean, you saw it against, or you heard it, against the Bengals, right? You, you heard him go 21-21 for passing after that first quarter. He is capable of reading a defense and just ripping it apart. Yeah, he just hasn't developed that way against teams that aren't, you know, Cincinnati. Yeah. But, you know, should he ever be able to live up to the talent that he has, uh, you know, he can be a very good quarterback. But at this moment, you know, Baker Mayfield is, you know, average. I would say he's an average NFL quarterback, which is still serviceable. Uh, serviceable. It's still better than what, you know, Cleveland had for years. You know, it is a, a good situation to have him there and, you know, to be saying, like, the, the quarterback's the biggest problem uh, is, I don't think he's the biggest problem right now on the, yeah, on the Browns. But, I agree. you know, you're, you're no longer saying, you know, oh, we need to, you know, draft another number one pick. You know, you're not, you're not going to be the number one overall pick anymore. You know, th- this team is not going to be the laughing stock of the NFL anymore. And, and that's a, a huge positive for where Kevin Stefanski and the, uh, the Cleveland Browns have gone. That's a big positive this year that you're able to get, you know, the kind of play that you've gotten from, you know, guys like Jarvis Landry and, and Hunt and you know, Nick Chubb. You, know, you finally started running the ball more with Chubb. You didn't have to be a genius to figure that one out. Uh, and, and Nick Chubb is is back and he is activated for the game against the Texans. And if he is anywhere near what he was doing at the beginning of the season, you know, I'd, I'd feel a whole lot more confident that the Browns win this game. Now that you do have your number one running back back, um, you know, they, they were uh, number one in the league when Chubb was running. They've dropped down to fifth since, but you know, with Chubb back there, 
it, it's going to be a, a much better game than it has been for Cleveland than it has been for the past couple weeks. Yeah, I believe Greedy Williams might be back this week as well, and I mean that helps out this secondary that's just been, you know, torn to shreds of uh, uh, 25th worst, uh, 25th ranked in the league in pass defense. And the rush defense has been bad. Their top half of the league at 11th, right outside the top 10. Miles Garrett has probably been the single best defensive player in all of football this year with, I mean, the amount of sacks he has. The, I mean, it feels like every time that that guy makes a play, you know, the ball comes out. He's got nine sacks and four forced fumbles in just eight games. I mean, you do the math, what he's on pace for, he's having a, a career type of year. That's why they paid him the most money a non-quarterback has ever made. Uh, they have the guys up front. Sheldon Richardson's been really good as well. They just get burnt so much on the back end, and that's why I don't, I can't definitively tell you that they're going to go out and dominate the Texans because, I, you know, Watson's going to drop back and throw the ball 40 times, and, you know, they, they can get some big chunk plays. And obviously they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, no, nothing's ever going to replace that, but Will Fuller's a good receiver on the outside. Randall Cobbs came up with plays for him this year. Kenny Stills can be good at times. I mean, they have some weapons, and we've seen – Teams that have a few receivers have uh, have tore up the Browns' secondary this year. And right. Uh, I don't know where the Texans would be without Fuller because, again, who, who would you say? Should well, Watson one... was begging him not to trade him so that he would still have at least one person to throw the ball to. So Yeah, it, and again, I'll say it again. I have no idea why you would just tear this team apart. They did. You know, you had DeAndre Hopkins, one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. And you trade him away to Arizona. Now look what Arizona's been able to do with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. You know, that yeah. that is a good core team like, right there. I mean, but the Texas thing's also confusing. They made the playoffs the past four years and people forget. I mean, obviously they blew it. They were up they were up twenty four on the who went on to be Super Bowl champs at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. And they came out and, you know, blew them out in the first quarter and a half. And then of course the rest is history. Got outscored uh terribly the rest of the game. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they were there. And, yeah, it just momentum around Houston uh, shifted rather quickly. Uh, it's also funny, you know, you got the dynamic Romeo Cornell, former Browns head coach. He'll be uh, returning as the head coach interim, of course, of the of the Houston Texans. So perhaps a little revenge game there for, uh, for Cornell. Well, maybe. <laughs> you know, it, it's always a possibility. You know what your former team is going to do. Well, or at least nah, have an it was, idea. It was, a, it was a long time ago. Uh, even still, uh, maybe something is a little bit of a holdover. Maybe. Yeah, they're Probably still, not. I mean, they, they, <laughs> I mean, you've gone through how many head coaches? I'm about to say they're still yeah. pretty bad. I mean, they're 5-3 and three this year. It's just so tough. They they, a, they've been a weird team this year because what win can I point to and tell you, yeah, yeah, they, they, beat, they beat a really good team on this day. I guess the Colts now after the, the Colts. Colts played yesterday, but the Colts weren't playing back then as they were, as they are now. So it's, it's tough. The NFC is weird. There's a lot of teams. I feel like you got the top tier. You got Ravens, Steelers, uh, Chiefs, and then there's just a lot of teams there right in the middle that aren't separated by that much. Saints. They're in the Raiders. NFC. Well, uh, just take a look at the. <laughs> I don't care. We're talking about the AFC. All right, AFC. All right. But still, I mean, you got the Bills. How gr- I mean, the Bills have looked good. They've looked bad at times as well too. Browns are in there. Titans, Colts. Uh, you know, the Raiders, what are the Raiders? It's weird. There's a lot of teams kind of in that middle tier there that uh, don't really separate themselves too far from each other. Right. And, it, again, top tier, Steelers, Chiefs. Maybe you want to throw the Bills in there as top tier or no? Bills a, a solidified you know, top 
top team in the AFC. They're they're moving towards it after beating Seattle, but still, I mean, you know, they didn't look impressive in the Patriots game, and I you know I feel this is a, a still a good amount of question marks. You know, uh, I mean, remember what happened in that Titans game? They got blown out after the Titans couldn't practice for a half, a week <laughs> and a half, yeah. and they lost that Chiefs game, and the offense is pretty pretty stagnant in that one as well. I mean, against bad defenses, I'll give it to them. They've played extremely well, but. And, I mean, they're going to, obviously, the Patriots are not going to be, you know, if they somehow come back, I don't even know if it's it's possible yet for the Patriots, but, you know, Belichick is a good coach. The Dolphins, uh, they're, they're not, another team in there, five and three. Yeah. Uh, no. Dolphins, I, I almost forget about the Dolphins because you had the, the good play of Fitzpatrick. You took Fitzpatrick out to put in Tua, and, uh, you know, Tua's been serviceable so far. I don't think he's shown anything flashy. Uh, oh, but you watched that game last week. I mean, he won him the game against uh, against uh, the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, that was a shootout game, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a uh, thirty-one. Where'd it go? Yeah, thirty-four, thirty-one. Yeah. He. Uh, what what did Tua do? He went uh, two hundred forty. That's what well, he did. All right, twenty twenty of twenty-eight, two hundred forty-eight yards, two touchdowns. That's pretty good. Kyler Murray about the same thing: twenty-one to twenty-six, two hundred eighty-three yards, three touchdowns. That's also very good. And add on 106 rushing yards for Kyler Murray. He's transitioned well to the NFL. Yeah, he's on pace to throw for 4,000 and rush for 1,000 more. So he'd be the first player to ever do that. Uh, Jackson didn't do that last year? He only threw for about 30, 32, 3,300. Okay. Well, even though uh, it's a lot of good teams. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know who the, the Browns have beat that is extremely good, but... They got to go out there and uh, and take care of business against the Texans, and then maybe we'll see where they are six and three, or down at five and four. We appreciate you listening to the Sports Fan again. A big thanks to Coach Crow calling in, talking about the Alexander Boys soccer team and all their success this season. And yeah, have a good uh, have a good weekend. We will see you guys on Monday six oh six on the clock, and then of course Fort Fry game over on Power One Hundred Five tomorrow.